listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. You're listening to the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on this show. Our guest today is someone that's been on the show before. He's got great ideas and great content. Uh, he's someone that I'm proud to call a friend. His name is Bruce Lefetra. He's a business development catalyst and speaker. He works with attorneys and law firms to fundamentally change how and who generates business. Now, if you're not a lawyer, if you're not in the legal industry, this is still going to be applicable to you because concepts of business development are malleable to different industries, especially professional services. He's known as the client whisperer because he interviews a firm's best clients to reverse engineer that firm's secret sauce and gain highly credible and actionable insights. He's pretty smart. He's a smarty. He earned a degree in economics, cum laude from Claremont McKenna College and an MBA from the Tuck School at Dartmouth College. He's also a trained facilitator. He's not an attorney, but he's married to one. So good for him. Uh, Our topic today is on finding out what is wrong with the business development process, how it's broken, and what rainmakers can do about that. You're going to get some great ideas from Bruce today. Make sure you check the show notes, connect with him, look at the resources on his site. And as always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Now here's my friend, Bruce Lefetra. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. I've got my friend Bruce Lefetra on the show again, a repeat guest, talking about how the business development process is broken and what rainmakers can do about it. Bruce, thanks for joining me on the show today. It's always great to be here, Scott. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it is. It is great to have you on here. You're a real professional. I know people speak highly of you, and it's great to get to know you. And I like the fact that this is your world. You're talking to people, especially those in legal, about what Rainmakers can do about the BD process and how it's broken. And let's just get right into it. And when you say the Rainmaking process, the business development process is broken, what do you mean by that exactly, Bruce? How exactly is it broken? So I've I've been accused of turning everything upside down and and trying to make it work better. Um, Okay. So from that standpoint, the, the world talks about ideal clients. I talk about being an ideal provider. Mm. People talk about themselves. It's about us and why you should hire us. I talk about them, the client. Make it about the client. It's about changing your perspective, not adding new skills. Okay, interesting. Inter- so that just, makes the world simple, not complex. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can understand that. It's nice to know that I don't need to, I mean, I know I need to improve certain skills, but so you're saying that we should focus instead of adopting new skills, changing the lens through which we look. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Now, you need skills in order to practice your craft. Mm -hmm. But in order to, once you've reached a certain level, don't make it about more skills, more complexity. Understand the perspective. And that's the perspective of your clients. See the world through their eyes. And it looks really different. Your firm looks really different. It's not more complicated. It's simpler. Okay, so how do we do that? How do we adopt that perspective? So the simple way, the the easy question is to ask, how do I improve my client's business? How do I make their business better? Not what do I do, but how do I improve their business or their life? Oh, that's great. 
And that kind of solves the issue of the buying question, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what are some examples of that? How do we get to that point? So think about experts. Uh, we, we deal with a lot of experts, certainly in legal and finance and, and consulting. There's a lot of experts, and, and that's usually held up as this great compliment. But in fact, the expert answers questions, right? So they put the burden, a lot of cases, on the client to figure out what the question is. If you can look at it from their perspective as to what is it that they're trying to accomplish, now all of a sudden you can help them figure out what the questions are. You can help guide them. And now you're adding a tremendous amount of additional value to the client, which they should compensate you for. Mm -hmm. And you've made the process simpler for them, simpler for you. And you don't sound like any of your competitors, even though you, know, you may draft contracts like everyone else. Mm -hmm. So is this what you're talking about here? Is this something that we should think of when we're in the meeting selling our work? Is it something that we should spend time doing before we get that meeting? What's kind of your recommendation? You should ask that question about everything you do. Yeah. I mean, literally everything you do. How does doing X improve my client's business? Yeah, that's great. So when you're delivering to them at the end of the project, think about that. Think about that at the beginning when you're meeting with them. How can I improve their business? Have that conversation. It's not noise. It's not cacophony to the client. It's you know what they want to hear. You yeah. will resonate. You will be relevant with every conversation. So, so give me some examples of this. What are some examples that people have done where they've actually taken this to heart? They've changed that lens and they start asking that question. How does my service improve my client's business? Well, last time I talked about a, a lawyer, I'm going to talk about an uh, environmental consultant that doing litigation support. And they thought what they did was did the science to support litigation. Okay. What it turns out, their real value was helping the insurance company make decisions about do we settle? Do we litigate? What's an appropriate level to be talking about in terms of money? The policyholder may say to clean up this gas station, it's going to cost $13 million. And their job is to say, well, what's reasonable? Hmm. And so they now see themselves as helping the insurance company steward the insurance company's financial resources, as opposed to doing science. They do science as the way they justify the decision that they're supporting. That's but interesting. It's a very, very different perspective. Yeah, that's very nuanced, don't you think? It's nuanced, but it's it's almost, I have clients tell me that it's counterintuitive until it becomes obvious and then they can't unsee it. Yeah, right, right. How does my service improve my client's business? That's the question. So let me ask you this. Do you think, does it make sense to go deeper to talk about how does it not just improve my client's business, but how does it impact my client on a personal level, even though we're selling absolutely. to a company? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So let's let's face it, individuals buy. We think about it's just this logical process, but people have a lot of choices. And so you need to connect with people personally, even if it's a big corporate corporate client. Yeah. You know, that's something that when I used to do, and I still sometimes do training, but mostly it's speaking at conferences. But I, when I had my training company for the recruiting industry, I would drill people down not just to what's the benefit, but what's the benefit of the benefit and what's the benefit of the benefit on a personal and an emotional level. 
And when you can understand why people buy, how it affects them personally, and the emotional context of that, then you really have a better shot at actually knowing how to communicate your service. What do you think about that? How does that align with what you've seen with law firms and other professional services firms? I see that over and over again. And so as an example, I have frequently will see clients that when they start to take this perspective, how do I improve my client's business? Well, suddenly that changes the the perspective for the client. Mm. But it also, now you start to talk deeper into the client's organization. And sometimes they then find out that, hey, doing it this way or talking about it this way or presenting it this way makes someone else's job easier. Someone who's not involved in the buying process, but is involved in in the person who is buying, the, the direct client, their job. So if they're making someone else's job easier, that makes their job easier, then suddenly you have an advantage as the provider. So yeah, yeah, it has ripple effects. So what do you think are the impediments that keep people from getting to this point, to get to that question? What do you think you've seen that keeps people from really adopting that mindset, that lens, looking through that lens? Well, I like to say best practices aren't what's best. It's what most people do. Yeah. And best practices are to understand your, quote, ideal client. It's all from your perspective because that's what you know. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. I mean, it takes some effort. It takes money. It's expensive to go do the sorts of in-depth interviews that I do with my clients' clients or customers. Right. But it brings tremendous value and it changes their perspective. But if you don't do that, and you don't have the mind to be able to see the nuance that we're talking about, mm-hmm. and it's easy to say, hey, Scott, who do you want to work with? Well, that then leads you down a path that starts you kind of in the, in the middle of the process. You know, do you start with the end in mind. No one ever says start with the middle in mind. What kind of business do you want to have? Mm. What kinds of clients do you bring the greatest value to? Who, what kinds of clients will bring you that kind of business? Turns out, Almost invariably, those are the clients you love working with. Right now, you're able to work with people and and build your BD strategy around people you actually know. They're real people; they're not hypothetical. So let me ask you this, Bruce. Let's just say that somebody's. Let's say you're riding shotgun. You're in, an invisible fly on the wall in a meeting with an attorney that's in a meeting with the prospective client. Let's say there was a referral, or they were asked to come in and pitch work. What would you want to see? What would you want to see if, if you said this was an ideal meeting, the questions that this attorney would ask that prospect through this lens of how does their work improve the client's business? What would you want to see with that situation? Well, I'd let, want to see it start before the meeting in terms of is that, is, is that a future what I call best client, these, these okay. clients that, that you love working with? And if you're just going in and pitching work, then you're selling hours. Yeah. And that's that's fundamentally part of what's broken about the business development process is that people are selling hours as opposed to creating value for their clients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of uh, workmen, you know, type business out there where people, you know, the body, think of a pyramid that goes up from the, the bottom where the, the base of the people do good work. In the middle, they do, you know, they're maybe experts. They do higher value work. And at the top, they're really providing guidance. So those are the trusted advisors that people come to. They're very different types of meetings and different types of profiles for clients. Yeah. And if you're going into just pitching against a bunch of other firms for routine work, 
maybe you're not a commodity, but you're certainly in that that range of it's just work. You're selling hours. Right, if you're right. going into a client to really guide them and help them truly improve their business, you're selling something fundamentally different. Yeah, that starts with you. Know, is what's the client? Is the client just shopping tire kicking? Well, that's why you know the the folks I work with complain about the tire kickers before I work with them. And afterwards, they never complain about the tire kicker because they never let them get near, you know, the tire kickers. Yeah, that's a good point. How would that conversation transpire then? So the conversation transpires in terms of understanding what the client is trying to accomplish. You know, why, why are you even there? So let's say it's a contract. You know, you have a client that potentially needs a contract drafted. You know, let's make it really simple here. You can think about it, well, I have done lots of contracts and I have all this experience. I mean, that's the traditional approach. Instead, understand, well, what's the implication? What's, what are the downstream effects of a contract and why is a better, what is a better contract and what's the impact on the client? Maybe what it is, is it's they're building the joint venture relationship for a business that they think is going to be $20 million in the next five years. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a whole lot different than how many hours is it going to take you to draft this contract. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying you've changed from a cost to an investment. Okay. Now, is it? do you think it's too intrusive to ask those kind of questions with your client prospect? I don't think it's intrusive at all. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, if you are trying to improve their business, mm-hmm. you have to ask those questions. Those are, yeah. It's no longer intrusive. It's if you're trying to improve their business and you don't ask those questions, that's you know business development malpractice. Yeah, right, right, right. And so how do you uh, lead it forward? How do you bring this to a close so that you can make sure that you're looking through that lens? What do you recommend? Like towards the end of that meeting, are you asking for commitment right then and there? What do you recommend? Well, what's happening, and, and we'll circle back in a minute and talk about referral process because that's that's a really interesting way to describe this. But when the client understands what the client's going to say is, if you do this, they're, at some point they're going to say, "Scott, you get me." Mm. That is the base. That says that's the basis of trust. Yeah, because what you've done is you, from your perspective, your goals, my goals are aligned with your goals. Yeah. Right. Right. That's trust. And when you have trust, now you're ready to move to the next step, which is let's, you know, when do we get started? Got it. Okay, good. Let's talk about referrals for a minute. Can we do that? Yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. How would that relate with the lens, with the question that you're talking about? Yeah. So think about referrals as a lot of people think about referrals as an act. It's a process. So the referral is not just the introduction. Mm -hmm. It's great when someone mentions your name. Awesome, you know, but it's not nearly as good as when they know the person being you know, my client that I'm going to refer to you, Scott. I know their situation well, hopefully, because I have a deep relationship with them. And I hopefully I know you well, so I can say, you need to talk to Scott because. Right. And the value comes after the because. So that's the start. So if I have nailed the because as to, so they see the value, do, are they going to call you right away? Yeah, Unfortunately right. not. They're not. Yeah. They're going to check out what I call the digital you. They're going to go to LinkedIn or your website or, yep. or other types of background. And they're going to look and you could have all these credentials, all this wonderful stuff that you list. And if it doesn't match up with the because that I said, you're not out of the running, but you're just another provider. If, mm-hmm. however, the because that I made the introduction for 
and they read the digital you, it's like, oh, that's exactly what Bruce described. Now they're really interested in talking to you. That's great. And they're going to talk to you before they, before they talk to anyone else. Now you have that meeting that we were just talking about. So now there's a third chance to do alignment. So you could have that meeting and you could start with all about you and your slides of all the cases you've done and the clients and all about you. And now you're going to lose them because you're out of alignment. If you understand what the introduction was, what the digital you said, and you stick with why they are there for that initial meeting, boom, it's game over. Yeah. They may have been told that they're taught need to talk to other, other attorneys, but they're not going to because they're going to say, how could I do it better than this? Right. And that meeting is going to be very short and they're not going to be you know, pushing back on costs and whatnot because you get them. Yeah. So tell me a story then of somebody that you've worked with, Bruce, and you don't have to mention that person's name, of course, but when they didn't understand this concept and, and what exactly are you calling it? Are you calling that a question? Are you calling that a perspective? You know, how does this improve my client's business? What would you call that exactly? I like to think of it as, you know, it's thinking like your best client. So not just like your client, because you have a range of clients, perhaps. But what you really want to do is you want to clone those very best clients. Got it. So let's you say want somebody- more clients. You want more of your very best clients. So tell me about somebody that you've worked with where they really were able to get to that point. They could think like their best client. Yeah. And how did, what did they do differently? How did they get referrals and how did they improve their skill at leading these meetings with their client prospects? Tell me about that. Okay. So a bunch of questions there. So keep me honest. Okay. Um, <laughs> typically. So the one I'm thinking about, they were experts. They know lots of stuff. They have a deep expertise. And they got branded. They, they did a whole rebranding around being experts. Oh, wow. Okay. So okay. they shared, they shared, you know, answers, video FAQs, all these kinds of things that, that are best practices to show that you have this knowledge across this huge range. Well, they found that instead of drawing clients in, they were saying, hey, this is really complicated, but you have no idea how complicated it is, which is they were kind of scaring people away. Oh, interesting. Wow. Wow. So by actually talking to their best clients, this was the interviews that I do with their very best clients, it became clear what they actually did was that they understood the client's business and made recommendations from that perspective. They didn't think about it that way. It was just kind of what they did intuitively. And if you ask them what they did, well, we talk about our expertise, but what they actually did with the very best clients was got much deeper. And so what I exposed, and actually coming back with the interviews, much of what I um, came back with, because you know, there's quotes from their, their clients, was, hey, this isn't radically new, Bruce. We've heard much of this, but we didn't have the context to understand what it really meant. We thought we knew what it meant. We're really smart, and we thought we knew what it meant. What you've done is you've given us the context to understand what those words really mean. And so now they're very, very deliberate in what they do. They don't do it off of intuition. And the, the bonus of not doing it off of intuition is that they've been able to train additional rainmakers. Yeah. It's not the super complex, you know, you're, you're either born or whatever to become a rainmaker. They teach people, this is what we do to drill into our clients. And because they're focused on their very best clients, they're not, it's a much smaller range. The yeah, world- their projects are really complex, but their business development is much simpler because they're not trying to be A to Z. 
That's they're, great, they're Bruce. Just, they're just going after the, the skimming the cream. Yeah, that's probably saves a lot of time for them. Much more efficient, much better ratios in terms of getting new prospects and closing the accounts and things like that also. Well, the managing partner of that firm, the initial meeting used to take two hours, typically. He now says in 15 minutes, he knows whether they're a best client or not, a future best client or not. Yeah, that's great. So part of that that is is that they do a better job of screening on the front end because they're super clear. Mm Mm-hmm. But that meeting is, it's all about, are you a future best client? Yeah, I love it. Are you a future best client? So tell me this then, if we could kind of summarize this into three action steps that people can take to really get started with the ideas that you shared. And I think it's a great concept. It's simple, but it's really transformative. What would those three action steps be, Bruce? So the first is to you see value in the eye of the client from the client's perspective. And you do that by asking, how do I improve my client's business or life? The second is to see referrals as a process, not an action. And to do that, you need to have clarity and alignment across the entire process. But if you do, you will have huge dividends. It's not a lead source. It's a source of clients that are are ready ready to buy. That's great. And the third we didn't you know, talk about as, as much, but ties into this, is the fact that if you take people that could be rainmakers, but it's too complex, you know, it's all the responsibility, and you make it fun, there's ways to get people to make rain by making it fun. And making it fun is by improving the client's business. That builds bonds. That builds relationships. That's great. That's you a know, good I, thing for people to keep in mind as they bring new people up, up in their organizations, too. Yeah, I think it's a myth that we we hear all the time that lawyers don't like to sell, right? Everyone says that. Lawyers don't like to sell. I think that's a myth. I think lawyers like to win. And traditional sales is about losing nine times out of 10. Right. Make Change the odds so they win most of the time and they love to sell. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Bruce. That's a great point. So you've you've introduced some very simple but very clear concepts that I think can really make a big shift for people and really move them forward quickly in rainmaking. And I, and I think that's great. This fixes the problem of the brokenness of traditional business development initiatives. So tell us then about your offerings. What is it that you have that you do that you'd love our client or our listeners to know about? And we'll be happy to put all of your contact information and links on the show notes also, Bruce. Sure. Not surprisingly, I aim at that top of that pyramid of, of people that are bringing you know, tremendous value as opposed to doing commodity work at, at the bottom. There's plenty of people that they can go to for, uh, for help there. Really, engagements with, with me run from you know, an hour or 90 minutes to, to a year. And think about it as it's not so much what I do, but what lawyers can do because of what I do. So I try to practice what I preach. I've been accused of, of doing inside-the-box thinking, which is I build from underappreciated strengths as opposed to trying to invent something new. It's incremental success because even doing a little bit by a few, you will see results. Do a lot of people, do a lot, and tremendous results. And it's really about building on what you do well. So it's better, more positive approach. That's great. So in terms, terms of offers, I can, you know, like you, I can speak at firm retreats, managing partner roundtables. I try to have an engaging discussion about what we're doing here, which is different, but not so different. Yeah. And so that's really a, a, the goal is to kick off new thinking. And, that's great. You know, it usually doesn't end there, but it starts there. 
Uh, I have a consulting practice, which is the, the core of my business, which is another client called me Step Zero. Everyone starts at Step One, but <laughs> you start at Step Zero. <laughs> and so that's super that's great. Credible. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's super credible and it's super actionable because of the interviews that I do. It's people you know doing stuff that you do but yeah. don't appreciate. Right. And so that becomes, uh, think of it as positioning and strategic marketing. I don't do the implementation. That's the third piece is implementation. And I can partner with some agencies that get it. So we're not trying to reinvent the wheel to be able to do what they do best, which is not what I do best. Um, And that ties implementation to the consulting work, great strategy that then drives great implementation. That's great, Bruce. I'm glad to have you on our show today. We're going to put all of your contact information and your LinkedIn link also on our show notes. Anybody that's listening, if you want to get in touch with Bruce, just go to the show notes here, and I know he'll be glad to talk with you. Thank you again for being here, Bruce. We'll have you on the show here in a few months again. I think you've got some great ideas that can really make a big difference for our listeners. Thanks for being here today, Bruce. Thank you so much. It's always a fun conversation to have with you and with you at the benefit of it gets recorded and shared. (laughs) That's great. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.